Um, think of it this way. Um, I need this Bible study. So you guys get to listen in on me giving a Bible study to myself. Because this is pretty much how I talk to myself most of the time. And if it's uh, helpful to you, then praise the Lord. You may be familiar, you may not be familiar with the old hymn. It's called Count Your Blessings. If anybody ever heard of that hymn or sung it? It says, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And then the, the chorus or the, the refrain goes like this. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. There's four verses, I'm not going to read through all of them. But on the um, fourth verse, so amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. When we go through things, we need to understand that God is with us. And because he is with us, listen, because he is with us, we always have a reason to be thankful. The word that's used for being thankful or thanksgiving, the Greek word is, and I'll pronounce it, and it'll sound very familiar to your ears, eucharisto. Sound familiar to most of our ears? It means to be grateful to express gratitude, and it can even mean to say grace at a meal. Another author wrote this way, to be grateful, and listen to this, to feel thankful. You know, for so many of us, our feelings govern us, but our feelings are to be a response to the truth. Our feelings are to be a response to God's word. We are not to allow our feelings to become the rudder that steers the ship. The truth steers the ship and our feelings follow. Our feelings are the wake behind the boat. And we want to just look at some reasons this morning that we can be thankful, we should be thankful. And I don't know about you, but I need to cultivate a thankful heart. Sometimes living in this world, driving on these roads, watching the news, these things do not cultivate thankfulness, do they? How many times do you turn off the TV, having just watched the six o'clock news, and go, man, oh, I feel so thankful? Like, never, right? Usually when I get to work, I'm thankful that I made it there alive. Uh, so it does produce a little bit of thankfulness in that respect. But as I was thinking about this, there's, there's many reasons from God's word. We'll go through a few of them this morning. A thankful heart looks for God to do great things. You may remember when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. He took the seven loaves and the fish and he gave thanks and he broke them. And he gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave them to the multitude. You see, Jesus, through taking what he had, the resources that God gave him in that moment, he gave thanks, and he broke it and distributed it. 
And if you don't know the story, let me remind you. It was just a few loaves and a few fish. It was really a small lunch for a child. And we know that as Jesus was there and it says he was feeding the 5,000 or the 4,000 in both situations, that the scriptures are saying men, but we know that there were women and children present as well. So conservatively, there were probably at least 10,000 people there. Either way, to take a little lunch and to, to take it and to pray and to give thanks. You see, to be thankful for what God has given. And God does these things. He does these miracles where he, he multiplies the gifts that he's given. He multiplies the things that we have. So often we spend time looking on what we don't have rather than on what we do have. So a thankful heart looks for God to do great things because we give thanks for what he has given, for the resources, for, for the circumstances, whatever it may be. In John's account of the feeding of the 5,000, it says in John chapter 6, verse 12, so when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragrance that remains so that nothing is lost. And we learned in both of those situations where they, they gathered the leftovers, in one situation, they had enough to feed the disciples who were the servants. There was more than enough to feed those 12 who had been serving God. So we see a principle there that God gives us that God feeds and takes care of his servants. And another of the feedings, they were able to take up so many baskets of leftovers that there was enough to not only feed them, but to feed others. So a thankful heart believes that God can and will do great things. Remember when Jesus was instituting the Lord's table, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And what do we have? We have what we call communion, the Lord's table that for 2,000 years has been serving the church and all over the world globally through all of these years, whenever people partake of the Lord's table, as we give thanks, you know what God does? He reminds us of who he is. For There are people who often get saved in that moment at the Lord's table. And, and for 2,000 years, God has been taking a, a simple meal, a Passover meal of unleavened bread and, and wine or juice, and using that to bless us. It's a means of blessing. It's a means of grace. It's not magic. It's just something that God does. And it's through the instrument or the vehicle of giving thanks. A thankful heart remembers the Lord. And that's what we're going to do in just a little bit here. A thankful heart is a heart that's filled with good things and a thankful heart tells other people about Jesus. I think of Luke chapter two when Anna the prophetess was coming in after Christ had been born. It says in Luke 2.38, And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So many times when Jesus healed people, I think of the woman at the well. After Jesus had had that interaction with her, she went back to town. And notice what it says there in John chapter 4. Is that it says that she told everyone she came in contact with that this man she had met told her everything she had ever done in her life. And she was inviting people out to the well to meet this man, Jesus. So a thankful heart is a heart that's prepared to tell others about Jesus. 
And this might sound a little kooky, but a thankful heart helps us to be thankful. In Luke's gospel, chapter 17, Jesus had entered a certain village and there met him 10 men who were lepers. Maybe you are familiar with this story. And because of their leprosy, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But they knew that they were not supposed to approach him. So when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. He didn't say be healed or something like that. They were, they were all leprous people. The disease was eating their flesh and their skin. And so they turned and they went. And it says, so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, one of the ten only, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And it says that we were, he was a Samaritan. And Jesus, looking at this man, said, I thought I cleansed ten. Why is there only one returning to give thanks? But you see, giving thanks for who God is, giving thanks for what he's done, giving thanks, if you will, for the fact that he's healed me and he's healed you from the sin of leprosy. You see, leprosy is a real thing, but it's also a type of sin. Leprosy eats us from the inside out. But Jesus, through his blood, has redeemed us. He has saved us. We've sung about it over and over this morning. I chose those songs to hopefully develop within us a sense of gratitude for what God has done for us. This man fell down on his face, giving him thanks. And I hope and I pray that as we go through these days leading up to Thursday, a day set aside to give thanks, that we will do more than say grace for a meal that we will give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we will cultivate and pray that in our own hearts we would become thankful people. That God would take that edge off of us that the world puts on us. And that rather being sharp and cutting with people, we would be filled with grace and love and mercy and thankfulness. A thankful heart, another point here, provides an example of faith to encourage others. You may remember, as we just studied this a couple of weeks ago in Acts chapter 27, remember Paul was on that ship with 276 people. They were in the middle of that storm, the Euroclidon. Remember, Paul gathered everybody together. And in Acts chapter 27, verse 35, Uh, When he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had, uh, had broken it, he began to eat. And then they were all encouraged. And Paul's faith in front of all those people on the the deck of of a tossed ship in the midst of the worst storm ever for two weeks, he's there saying, you know what? Storm's raging, rain's pounding, we're going to stop and give thanks to God for this little piece of bread we have in our hand. And that one little act that he did brought encouragement to 276 people. You see, God can use thankfulness as an instrument, as a tool in the lives of others. You know, when you're in your workplace and you sit down in the cafeteria or wherever you eat your lunch, if you will take a moment and bow your head, put your hands together, whatever you do, And give thanks. And don't worry about the fact that people are watching or what they might think of you. But just, you know, maybe somebody will come and say, 
did you fall asleep for a few minutes? Or were you praying? And then it gives an opportunity, it opens a door for us to bring encouragement to them because they were watching us. You see, people are always watching us. Another thing I saw here out of Romans chapter 14, a thankful heart does not get caught up in judging others or putting a stumbling block in front of others. In fact, cultivating a thankful heart helps us to keep our focus on the Lord rather than looking at other people. In Romans chapter 14, it says, who are you to judge another person's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. And then in Romans 14, 6, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord for he gives God thanks and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and he also gives God thanks for none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. We need that reminder, don't we? We're not here to live for ourselves. We're here to live for the Lord as we've been reminded this morning. And so if we are willing to give thanks to God in all things, and when we encounter difficult people and difficult relational situations, if we will stop in that moment and rather than focusing on the difficulty, give thanks to God, He will help us focus on the correct things. A thankful heart remembers that it is God who gives us triumph and victory in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection chapter, Paul wrote these words, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Talking about victory over death. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 2, verse 14, he says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You see, if we are willing to be thankful in all things and in all ways, God will use that to lead us in triumph and lead us in victory. Who would ever think, you know, it doesn't make sense, does it? That simply by focusing on and cultivating a thankful heart, a thankful spirit, that that is part of what God uses to give us victory and and encouragement in our walk, to rise above the circumstances of the day-to-day life. Another thing to encourage us is a thankful heart helps us to maintain the perspective that life is about the glory of God and the salvation of people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, He says, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having been spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Understanding that as we deal with people, as we talk with people about Christ, as we hope that our lives bears the the fragrance of Christ, that this will stimulate thankfulness in the lives of others, but while doing so, stimulate thankfulness in our own lives. And as he said here, uh, causing many to give thanksgiving and to abound to the glory of God. You know, 
one thing, you know, so many of us are gracious people, and, and I get that. But I think regardless of how gracious we may think we are, that God always wants to take us a little bit further. We can have a tendency sometimes to think that we excel in a certain way or in a certain area or maybe even we're gifted in a certain way and, and thus we stop trying or we stop trying to grow in that area. And I share that to say this, a thankful heart is a giving heart. Giving thanks to God for the way that he takes care of his church and his children. In 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, these two chapters focus on what I would call the New Testament approach or, or, or principle of, of giving and how we give. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 for a moment. Don't think this is a, a cheap plea for money in the offering plate. It's not. It's just talking about how God cultivates within us as we are generous people, whether it's in giving in that way or giving in another way to someone. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. He goes on to say, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness." While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So as we support our missionaries, as we see a person in need and we we give in some way, whether that's financial or giving of our time and our service, God uses that to cultivate within us a thankful heart. And certainly those who are the benefactors or the recipients give thanks to the Lord. You know, one thing we've done, and most of you don't see what goes on behind the scenes, but when those who are on the, the team of counting the tithes and the offerings on a weekly basis, you know, we've just kind of set up a regimen that says, before we open that box, the first thing we do is pray. And we give thanks to God for what he's provided, for, for the people through whom he's given, and we pray that he would use those monetary gifts for his glory and for his kingdom. You see, because we receive a, a dollar or a check doesn't mean it's up to us to decide how that money gets spent. That's, that money has to be spent for the glory of God. And so we, we get there by starting with thanksgiving and praying that God would take those loaves and fishes, as it were, as it comes in in that way, and he would turn around and multiply that and use it for his kingdom. You know, we're supporting seven missionaries right now. I'd, be, I'd love to be supporting 17 missionaries and helping to get the word out. A thankful heart is grateful to the Lord for the faith of other people, of other saints. A thankful heart causes us to pray for others. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul said, and we could go to many places for this, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Can you think right now of people that God has used in your life to bring you to where you are now? Maybe the person who shared the gospel with you. Maybe someone whom you now know or later found out were, was praying for you. 
praying that you would bend or break and come to the place that you bent your knee before Jesus and received him. So giving thanks for others. He also said in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And he goes on to list kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Do you pray for our elected leaders? Do you pray for our president? You see, when it comes to standing before God, our politics aren't going to matter. What's going to matter is, do you know Christ? So praying for our president, praying for the leaders in the Congress and the Senate, praying uh, not so much that they would do what we want them to do, but that they would bend the knee to, to Jesus, because if they get that right, the other stuff will get fixed. Once they come to him and they receive the righteousness of Christ. Continuing on, a thankful heart causes us to walk in love toward others. Boy, don't we need more of that? I know I do. In Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And then as he goes down and he lists some of these sins that we should not be a part of or be entertaining, he says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. You see how right there he said, the idea of giving thanks to God counteracts and replaces the negative stuff, the evil stuff, the sinful stuff. And that by coming to God and saying, God, I just want to be thankful before you and I want you to fill my heart with gratitude, it just takes care of a lot of problems in our lives. Something that's really important for us to understand is that a thankful heart is a sign of a spirit-filled life. And mixed in there together, we could say this different ways and it's all synonymous, but a thankful heart is a worshipful heart. A thankful heart is a submitted heart. A thankful heart lives in the will of God. I want to come back to that one for a moment. A thankful heart is a submitted heart. You know, in Ephesians 5, he says that we are to be subject or submissive to one another in the fear of Christ within the context of the marriage relationship. And of course, as we go through that, he talks about uh, the wives being submitted or ranking themselves underneath the husband's leadership. But the important part of that is not so much the submission part on the wife's part, but it's the submission on the husband's part. Because that passage goes on to say more importantly that we as men, as husbands, should be submitted first and foremost to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we get that right, it makes the submission part on the part of our wives that much easier for them. But to be submitted to the Lord in either case, husband or wife, or whether you're married or not, it, it all is a part of being thankful. And being thankful, as I mentioned earlier, just takes an edge off of us. 
Just being grateful, praying for your spouse, praying for uh, the other people who live in your house. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, you may know this. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says the same thing a little bit later in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 where he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So notice in Ephesians 5.20, he says, Giving thanks always for all things. And then in 1 Thessalonians, he says, In everything give thanks. So it kind of covers all the bases, doesn't it? For everything and in everything. It's just like he says in James, a slightly differently in James chapter 1, when he says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect, maturing, completing work that you may be lacking in nothing. I believe that passage in James gets to the essence of this, which is it doesn't matter what we're in or what we're going through. We stop and we give thanks. Why? Because God is working. He is doing something. He will do something. And often I'm in those trials or I'm in those difficulties. I'm in those storms because God needs to do some work in my life. Because he's taking his divine sandpaper and he's rubbing off those rough edges. Or he's refining me, taking things out of my life that shouldn't be there, replacing them with things that should be there. Namely, being filled with the Spirit. A thankful heart is a Spirit-filled heart. A thankful heart is a worshipful heart. A thankful heart is a submitted heart. And a thankful heart will live in the will of God. Another thing, another quality, a characteristic about being thankful is A thankful heart is a heart that is at peace and is not anxious. Rather than taking a pill for my anxiety, maybe I should drop to my knees and give thanks to God. Maybe that will take my anxiety away. Notice it says in the Bible in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Anybody know the next phrase? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, God hears. And when we're in the middle of whatever it is that we're in the middle of, if we will, rather than being anxious, rather than worrying, rather than trying to control it and manipulate it, just stop. And it says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, stop being anxious. It doesn't say stop being anxious after you go for a run and you let your, your endorphins kick in and let them kind of flush out the toxins and you, know, you drink some water to flush your body. No, 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 just stop being anxious. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. In other words, be anxious for nothing, pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing, give thanks and let God take care of it. He says later in 1 Peter, casting all of your cares upon him for he cares for you. That's how we get rid of our anxieties. We cast them upon the Lord. A thankful heart 
is a heart that is rooted and grounded in faith. And that means a thankful heart is a heart that is stable and secure. He says in the book of Colossians, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving provides a a solid stability to the, the base of our life. It causes us to be in that place where we're not, as, as what James says again, don't be a double-minded man, unstable in all of your ways, tossed to and fro. How do we not be double-minded, unstable, tossed to and fro? By being thankful, by being firmly rooted and grounded in Christ. Another way that thankfulness influences our lives in a godly way A thankful heart is full of grace. A thankful heart is full of grace. When you think of someone who's gracious, what do you think of? They're just, they're hospitable. They're easy to talk to. You don't feel judged. You just just feel like they love you. You feel like if you've fallen, if you've, you know, have issues in your life that they're not going to look at you and say, oh, you're a miserable failure. You're a wretch. Get out of here. We, we don't want to be around people like you. That's not grace. You see, every one of us is here because of the grace of God for our sin, because it's like we, when we sing the song Amazing Grace that saved a wretch like me. We're all wretches. But grace is the common denominator. Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let thanksgiving abide in your heart and cause you to be a person filled with grace. A thankful heart is a praying heart. We've already seen this a few times, but here's another verse in Colossians chapter 4. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. I don't know if you've ever heard the old acronym of the word ACTS, but it's a good one to write down. In your time with the Lord, maybe even just a step through this to help you get into the right frame of mind, and the letters stand for something. A is adoration. C is confession, T is thanksgiving, and S is supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Continuing earnestly in prayer. And you know what that does? When we come to the Lord and when we do those things, those four little steps, we find out that a a thankful heart is a praying heart. That means that we're calling out to the Lord. And he finishes that passage in Colossians 4. In verse 6 with this, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You see, thankfulness in our heart, as I've already mentioned, takes that edge off so that when we are speaking to other people, whether we're talking about business issues or we're talking about matters of the heart or we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself, our speech being seasoned with grace draws other people to Christ. And that's what we want. And it continues with this idea that a thankful heart is a sanctified heart. 
It's a heart that is given over to the Lord that wants to be conformed to the image of Christ. First Thessalonians, excuse me, First Timothy chapter 4 says, For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations before when I'm traveling on business or whatever it may be, and you're in a situation, and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if I want to be here. How did I get here? And what do you do in that moment? Lord, if there's a way for you to sanctify this, then do it. I don't want to be influenced. I want to be the influencer. And so I need you to sanctify what's happening here. And and part of that process when we're in the middle of that is to stop and to give thanks, just as we've said, giving thanks in all things. Another mark of a thankful heart is that a thankful heart bears fruit unto God. See, there is fruit coming forth from our lives, spiritual fruit. You see, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hebrews 13.15 says this, Therefore by him, that is Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We orient our worship around speaking about the name of Jesus and giving thanks to his name. It's, it's deliberate. It's something we do every week when we plan worship and we think about what we want to do when we gather on Sunday. It's deliberate to be thankful unto the Lord and to allow our praise to be the fruit of our lips, giving honor and glory back to the Lord. A thankful heart gives glory and honor and power unto God. We sang about it this morning and I hope we do it every week in some form or manner. But in the book of Revelation in chapter four and five, you'll find praise and honor and worship and glory in those two chapters. And we believe that we, the church, are going to be there in those chapters giving thanks and honor and glory to the Lord. It says there in Revelation chapter four, verse eight, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Anytime I find a song that has that phrase in it, it's like, I'm in. We're singing that song. Why? Because it's a song of heaven. And when we are there, if we can just inject ourselves as we read Revelation 4 and 5 and understand that this is our destiny, that giving of thanks now, cultivating a thankful heart now is in essence preparing me, preparing you and preparing us for heaven. It's practice for when we get to the footstool of God. Revelation 4, 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and they were created. Thanksgiving in heaven elicits people falling on their knees and casting their crowns on the glassy sea before God. A thankful heart gives glory and honor and power unto God. And a derivative of that is a thankful heart is skilled in the worship of heaven. You see, being thankful, cultivating a spirit of thanksgiving just helps us to be better worshipers all, all around 
In Revelation chapter 7, verse 11, all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. See, thanksgiving is integral to worship. And we all, I trust, want to worship God. We want to be better worshipers of God. So cultivating a thankful spirit helps us in that endeavor. To close today, I just made a list of other things that summarize some of the ways that we can be thankful or ways that thanksgiving, having a thankful heart helps us draw near to God. And I'm just going to list some of these things off. We've already mentioned some of them, but as I just kind of was thinking through the Psalms and you know, the many times of reading through the Psalms, the, the hymnal of Israel. So many of these things come up. So let me just list them off for you here this morning. Uh, in the Old Testament, there was this Thanksgiving offering. So there was a way of giving that, that they gave that they called the Thanksgiving offering. When the cakes and the leavened bread or the unleavened bread was used in the temple, they were offered with Thanksgiving before the Lord. You see, we can take whatever we have and offer it to God in service and say, like the kid with the little Lunchable, God, this is all I have, but I give it to you and I give you thanks because you gave it to me. And here's the principle of giving. If you catch nothing else, catch this. God, I'm just giving back to you what you've given to me. And we need to learn to think about our life and our things and our finances and everything in this light. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. He gave it to me to be a steward of his resources. And so thankfulness plays a key part in that. Lord, thank you for what you've given me. How do you want to use it? How do you want me to use it for your glory? The Thanksgiving offering, offering things to the Lord with thanks. Then there was also a thing called a free will Thanksgiving offering. It's just, hey, I'm in the moment and I'm just kind of like, you know, I just, God, I just want to be thankful for this Coke I'm drinking right now. Just give thanks to the Lord. Throughout the scriptures, and we read some of it today in Psalm 136, thanking God for his mercy, which endures forever, thanking God for salvation. I hope that we are thankful for our salvation on a daily basis. Thanking God for his mercy, we've, we've sung that this morning. Thanking God in the midst of the congregation, doing it together, there's something about being thankful together that draws us near to God. Thanking God through music, thanking God with choirs, thanking God for his presence. Where would you be, where would I be, where would any of us be without his presence? We would be in darkness, we, we would be destitute, we would be discouraged, we would be lost without the presence of God. Thanking God for his presence. Thanking God for restoration and forgiveness. Thanking God for justice. You may say, I want to see some justice. There will be a day when justice will come, but it will be on God's terms. And we should be thankful that God has not executed justice on us the way we deserve it. We should not be praying for justice in that respect. We should be grateful for, for his mercy which, and his grace and his love, which is in a sense canceled out his justice through the cross as he would execute his justice on a sinful heart. But in like manner, we want others 
rather than experiencing the justice of God, to experience the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. Thanksgiving is a way to get there. Thanking God for his love. In the Psalms, we're told that Thanksgiving was given by shouting unto his name. You know, sometimes we allow our personality or our culture that we were raised in to sort of govern us. Sometimes I think we need to get outside the box and we do need to shout thanksgiving unto his name. It doesn't mean you've become Pentecostal because you do something like that. It just means you're thankful. So just be thankful. Shout unto his name. Give him thanks for his goodness. And then there's this beautiful thing I I saw in the Psalms and I wanted to mention it because I know some of you struggle with your sleep. Giving thanks to God at midnight and giving thanks to God during the night watches. I don't know if you've ever been up in the middle of the night for some reason and you're like, I don't want to be up. I want to sleep. Giving thanks to God at midnight and during the night watches. God, I don't know why I'm up right now. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. There must be something here. Thank you for waking me up. Maybe God woke you up to speak to you. Maybe he wants you to go get your Bible and read it. And go and read. Just take that moment and give it back to the Lord and allow him to cultivate in your life the good things that he wants to give to you. So just a few things this morning. Reasons to be thankful. And I hope that you've been encouraged by this. And I hope that as, as we go through this week, and I know we're, we're all going to be busy, we've got stuff to do, we're going to family, we're cooking, we're doing all that stuff, we're traveling. Don't let all that stuff overshadow the goodness of God. Give thanks unto his name. The reason we read Psalm 136 today, and if you don't know this, I do it every year, and thank, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we read Psalm 136 together. Because that psalm focuses specifically on thanksgiving. So let us be a thankful people. And, and what I've presented here in the last 40 minutes, it's only a smattering. It's the tip of the iceberg of what's in this book about reasons why we can and should be thankful. And don't underestimate the power, the influence, the side effects of being a thankful person. And so we pray that God would help me and you and all of us to learn to be thankful people. Lord, thank you this morning for your word, for your love for us. Thank you for allowing us to be here in this moment to hear from your word. And as we draw near to you now at the table, just to draw near and to be reminded and to receive again of the goodness and the grace of God through the communion elements and to be reminded of, uh, of your body and how your body was punished and, and, and abused and used. And as the, the sin and the weight of the world was laid upon you and as your blood was shed and it reminds us, of course, Lord, that, that your blood became the ultimate sacrifice. Your blood was not just spilled on the ground at the foot of the cross on Calvary, but it was ultimately sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven, covering our sin, making it so that we can come to you, that we can enter in. In fact, it's the blood that has made it possible for us to be thankful. And so, Lord, this morning, if there are any listening as we are in this moment who 
do not know you, who've never known you, who've never given their hearts to Christ, we just ask that you would knock on the door of their heart, as it were, and draw them near. And if this is you this morning, I pray that you would stop resisting and just say, Lord Jesus, I want to, I want to be this kind of person. I want to be a thankful person. And I start by thanking you right now for salvation, for entering into my life and cleansing my life and forgiveness and restoration. And Lord, may you do that in many hearts right now in this moment. And if that's you, we pray that you would let us know. We'd love to pray with you and give you a Bible and encourage you. And Lord, as we come to the table, would you just use this moment to draw us near and to remind us how good you are. We love you, Lord. We are blessed. We are the most blessed people we know because we have Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.